Hello everyone, my name is Justin Begley and this is the first episode of Magnify. I hope you all enjoy. So hello again, everyone. My name is Justin Begley, and I am the host of Magnify, a podcast devoted to magnifying our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My hope for this podcast is that together we can grow in both knowledge of scriptures and in our relationships with Jesus Christ, who we know is the author of our souls and our Redeemer. The goal here is to kind of take a look at what is going on in the world and lean into the Word of God to seek guidance on how we as Christians should respond to these to these circumstances. And so, That being said, I wanted to start out talking about the coronavirus outbreak. Now, I know that a lot of you are probably sick of talking about this. You're probably sick of listening to the news. And if you're anything like me, you're probably also annoyed with the politics of the whole situation, regardless of kind of which side of the aisle you may fall on. But I think that this pandemic gives us an opportunity to look at our relationships with Jesus Christ, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and also our unbelieving neighbors, and examine how we should live in light of these tragic circumstances, these trials many of us are currently facing, and all all that's going on in the world. And so I, I also think it allows us the opportunity to realign our priorities so that we can set our sights on Christ and Him crucified and resurrected. And This way, we can make it so that we can magnify Christ with our lives. We want that our lives can serve as a beacon of light to lift up Christ as our king. So how can we do that? How can we realign our priorities so that we are lifting up and magnifying Jesus in everything that we do? Well, as I say, we are currently living in a time of fear, of uncertainty, and of chaos— Many of us are scattered and distracted and concerned, but, you know, despite this, we can only respond to our trials in in really just one way, and that's to be the light in the midst of the darkness. In Ephesians 5, 8, Paul says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And so especially today, it is crucial that we Christians live as children of the light. So the truth is, for many people in our lives, we may be the only existing light. So it's critical that we are persistent in putting the glory of God on display by being representatives of the love that God has for us through Jesus Christ. But how can we practically do this? Well, as it turns out, my advice is is actually pretty useless, but the Word of God is filled with eternal, perfect truth that I believe can lead us through this time and, and this season in our lives. So I pulled together two things that I think we should consider. This, of course, is not an exhaustive list. We could absolutely come up with a much, much longer, longer one, but for the sake of brevity, I'll just focus on these two. The first one I already mentioned, and that that's to live in a way that you are the light in the midst of darkness. So I mentioned Ephesians 5, 8, which says, live as children of the light. Paul's telling us to, to walk as children of the light, just as God calls us to do. But earlier Ephesians in Ephesians 5, Paul actually tells us how to do this. So in Ephesians 5, 1 to 2, he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Walk in love, as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. So Paul is telling us that we must imitate the character of God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to bear fruit in our lives by participating in, that, in these holy actions. And so we must be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can do this practically by doing things like loving our neighbor and and showing grace, just as God showed us perfect grace through Jesus Christ. As Jesus says in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. 
The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so the great 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon said it this way. We must not be satisfied with feeding the soul by meditation. And what he's talking about here is is a superficial type of Christianity. But he continues, Rise up from the banquet and use the strength we have gained. Sitting at the feet of Jesus must be succeeded by following in his footsteps. So Spurgeon also said this, Christ's great care was to do the particular work which God had given him to do. He never sought to serve himself. He always served his father who had sent him. And so now, as Christians, as people who are saved by the sacrificial lamb that is Jesus Christ, we must live to glorify God in our service of others. So in our current circumstances, maybe someone you know may be lonely. Maybe someone, that person recently lost their job. Or maybe you know someone who is elderly or who has a pre-existing condition and cannot themselves go to the grocery store. Or maybe you have a friend that doesn't know Jesus. Or maybe, maybe they do, but are filled with anxiety and fear during this time. So as Christians, we need to be the light in these people's lives. As I said, they might not have anyone else. So my recommendation to you would be call a friend that's lonely. Offer to go shopping for those that can't. Share the good news of the gospel with a friend that may be an unbeliever. Or may, maybe share some verses like 2 Timothy 1.7 or Deuteronomy 31.6 to a believer friend of yours that is anxious during this season. But regardless of what you do, be the light to those around you because odds are they don't really have anyone else. But there's a second thing I think that we can do to magnify Jesus in our lives, and it comes directly out of Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything will be provided to you. I don't think we can get a more encouraging word than that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be given to you. How amazing is that? That if we live our lives in pursuit of the perfect kingdom of God and become subservient to his divine will for our lives under the lordship of King Jesus, God will give us more than we could possibly ever imagine. So what does seeking the kingdom of God look like? What should we be doing? Well, look at the life of Jesus who himself became subservient to the will of the Father, who throughout his life glorified God in all things. Charles Spurgeon, again, who if if you can't tell, I think is absolutely brilliant, says, we must model our lives on the life of Jesus. He says that this is the chief end of the redeemed man, to do everything to the glory of God, to make the commonest act of daily life, as well as the higher acts of service and devotion, subservient to God's glory. And so that's what we should do, right? We should live in a way that that magnifies Jesus Christ, that magnifies the glory and uplifts the glory of God. We should live as beacons and as, as, as representatives of God's glory. And so just as the Son submitted himself to the Father and to the cross, we must likewise submit ourselves to the Father through the Redeemer, Jesus. We can do this by walking by faith in pursuit of righteousness. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 2, he, talking about the Father, made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Because of Jesus, Romans 6 says, we may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united in him in the likeness of his death, we will, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be slaves to sin since the person who died in, is freed from sin. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires and do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons of unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons of righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. And how perfect it does Romans 6 summarize that there, that we are not under the law, but under the grace of God, so that we may become weapons of righteousness for God. That is such an encouraging message that that if we live in a way that magnifies Christ, we will become the righteousness of God, and he will give us everything that we need. So how do we become the righteousness of God? How do we live in a way that is not under the law, but it's under grace? Well, it starts with acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then it, it kind of follows that we need to become obedient to the word of God. If we want to become children of the light, if we want to become his righteousness, we have to become obedient. So Paul, who clearly wanted us to see and act on this truth, says in Ephesians 4, take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. Therefore, putting away lying, speaking the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you, along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ Jesus. And so what Paul's saying here in Ephesians 4, I bet that's probably, I bet, I bet a lot of us are struggling with that right now. I bet that that some of some of these things that we're not actually living up to, but but listen, I, I, I know, I know these are tough times. I know we're in stressful circumstances, some extremely stressful. Maybe, maybe, maybe you you lost a job or maybe you ha- you know someone that lost a job maybe you know someone that's sick i i understand but i would encourage you to in spite of your current situation whatever it may be i'd encourage you to seek out god's word so that you can be saturated with its perfect truth and become obedient to the will of god if we let our minds sa- get saturated with the word of god we allow the holy spirit to come into us and guide us throughout this life and 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 therefore we will never be happy in sin. And so when we make the decision to follow wholeheartedly and obediently in pursuit of the righteousness and kingdom of God, we will be transformed into the righteousness of God. And in doing so, God will provide us everything we need, even if what he provides may not be what we expect or may not be what we want. But he always provides something better because he is a God that is faithful and he is a God that loves you and he is a God that is graceful and he is merciful. Remember Proverbs 19.21, which says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And his purpose always does prevail. But He, his plan is perfect. His plan for your life is perfect because he loves you and he only wants what's best for you. So, if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, as, as we're called to do in Matthew 6, we will be the shining light in the darkness, and through his eternal grace, God will provide us with everything that we need. And now, that just about wraps up what I, what I want to cover today in, in this podcast, but if you don't mind, I, I'd love to pray for you. 
Pray for whoever may be listening today. So, Father, thank you for your perfect word. Thank you for the opportunity to get to know you and get to know who you are, to discover your divine and perfect will for our lives. Father, for those who believe, help us to keep your truth in our hearts. Help us to live obediently to you and your will in fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Give us the courage to be a shining light of your glory in this world so that we may magnify Jesus for all of our days. And Father, for those who have not yet come to the decision to commit their lives to Christ, I pray that you continue to pursue them, that you continue to give them repeated opportunities to hear and see the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bring the light into their lives, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you everybody for listening to the first episode of Magnify with Justin Begley. I hope you all enjoyed. <music>